Hi, I'm Justin Rosso, and welcome to this episode of the Next Step Podcast, where we help you take a next step. This is episode three of season five of the Next Step Podcast. This whole season, we're focusing on the resource Come Holy Spirit, a daily discipleship travelogue for Easter to Pentecost from Next Step Press. I'm glad to welcome an old friend to the show today. Walt Weiser was senior pastor back at Peace in Hearst, Texas, when I was a pastor of discipleship down there. He's now the pastor emeritus at Lamb of God in Flower Mound, also on the Fort Worth side of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. After a brief introduction, you'll hear me read the Wilderness and Garden Devotion for Sunday, Day 9. That's on page 36 in the book. And then I'll talk to Wald about his experience in the desert of Big Bend National Park as we look at solitude and God's word and experience of wilderness and testing and being led by the Holy Spirit. You'll hear Pastor Walt Weiser share some of the resources that have been helpful for him in his own personal discipleship walk, and we'll end with the prayer on page 37. Thanks for joining us today on the Next Step Podcast. I'm excited to introduce you to my friend, Walt. Walt Weiser joins us on the Next Step Podcast today. Walt, welcome. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. And hey, where in the world are you today? Uh, Fort Worth, Texas, actually a suburb of North Richland Hills, but uh, glad to be on this side of the Metroplex. <laughs> and and how's the weather in uh, North Richland Hills? It is... Uh, very wonderful, <laughs> and as long as we're not having tornadoes or something, uh, it's usually very nice. I think the temp today is going to be about seventy-five. Nice, yeah. I remember that spring in North Texas. It's a uh, hard blue sky with no clouds, or it's thunderstorms and and lightning and and tornadoes. So today it's the blue sky. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Well, I, w- I wish we were on a fishing boat. We'll have to do that again sometime. Absolutely. But as we get started on this kind of this second week of the Come Holy Spirit discipleship travelogue, we're talking about the experience in the life of a Christian in the wilderness or even in the garden. And I thought instead of doing this at the end, I wanted to kick off today with the reading from the devotion. This is on page 36 of the Come Holy Spirit book. This devotion is called Wilderness and Garden. At the very, very beginning... God lovingly placed handcrafted human beings in the midst of a mountain paradise. That first garden-slash-temple became a place of testing when the devil, that sneaky old snake, challenged the boundaries of obedience and promise. As part of a rescue plan to heal the divide left by that first sin, God chose a people in grace and led them out of slavery to a mountain and then into a wilderness where they were also tested and tempted. These people of God failed too. Jesus, in his life and ministry, walks in the footsteps of God's people. Led into the wilderness by the Spirit in order to be tempted by the devil, Jesus clings to God's word in ways God's people failed to do. Jesus also finds himself in a garden, where he fervently prays for the cup of suffering to pass him by. But where the first humans sought a path apart from God's word, this new human clings to God's word and climbs up the mountain of Golgotha to submit his future to God's plan. 
Jesus walks into the wilderness and garden in your shoes and makes your temptation struggles his own. As the Spirit shapes the life of Jesus in you, you also walk into the wilderness and garden in his shoes. You step where Jesus stepped. You hold to the word as Jesus held to the word. You submit your life and future to God's good pleasure, even as Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. The old sinful humanity still clings to you, but the first new creation human also claims you as his own. You are never alone in the wilderness and garden. You stand with Jesus, who stood with you. Well, that kind of sets the theme for our conversation today. And and I wanted to talk to you especially about an experience that you had in kind of a desert wilderness region. And as I recall the story, it goes back to uh, Big Bend National Park there in the great state of Texas. Uh, Would you tell us just a little bit about that national park as we get going? Big Bend is not on the way to anything in (laughs) the great state of Texas. You have to want to go there. I, I became uh, intrigued. The more time that I spent with Jesus, especially in the Gospels, um, I became intrigued about two things, about the pattern and rhythm of Jesus' life. Uh, one of them was um, the regularity of his time, uh, solitude and lonely places uh, to be alone with the Father. And, and the second thing was um, the, the desert, the wilderness sort of places that he would seek out. Mm -hmm. Um, And Luke 5 says it best, yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. It it was a pattern of his life. It it was not the pattern of my life. I, I really was not familiar at all with extended periods of solitude uh, to, to be alone with Jesus. So I decided I needed to explore, and I started with uh, eight-hour periods of solitude. Instead of going to my office, I'd go to a nearby lake. Uh, my devotional resources, which would include a, a hymnal, my, my Bible for meditating, my, my journal, and John Bailey's Diary of Private Prayer, where mm-hmm. my, my personal prayer list was. And it, it took a while before I could develop a a meaningful pattern of uh, solitude with Jesus, but but I did, and along the way I I began to wonder about what would it feel like to do a a twenty four hour period. So middle of the week I'd go off to a state park somewhere, and twenty fours led to forty eights, hmm. and then um, and then January of nineteen ninety I had I had proposed to my leaders that I would, it was my 15th year of ministry, uh, that I would do a one-month sabbatical. And (laughs) I decided to go to uh, the desert of Big Bend National Park. I had never been there, but I'd been to Israel several times. So I I at least could envision, have some idea about some of these lonely places that Jesus would seek out for solitude. And the pictures I'd seen of Big Bend looked like some of those places that Jesus might have gone off to. Uh, so I, I made the drive, and um, you go two and a half miles off the main road 
They call it a remote site. There is nothing out there except a couple of telephone poles to tell you this is the end of the road. And, and I spent a week at a remote site called K-Bar. And it was in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> wow. Okay. So this is inside Big Bend National Park. And, and, and just let me, let me make sure I'm hearing this right. That was not the first thing you did was to go to Big Bend. You started, you're a parish pastor, you're in the midst of ministry, and you decided you, you wanted to make a change and you started doing these eight-hour days, like, like during your work day, like it was a regular Tuesday or whatever, and you just leave the office and go and spend time in the Word. Is that what you were saying? Instead of going to the office. Instead of going to the office. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then that turned into a 24-hour retreat somewhere, and that turned into a 48, and and that just kind of that solitude, time in the Word, kept extending until you went to Big Bend. Well, help me understand what it was. It seemed like, as you tell the story, you wanted some kind of change. What, What kind of change were you looking for when you began seeking out solitude in lonely places in the Word? Um. It, it wasn't, um, I, when, when I started ministry, I, I, it was the only thing I thought I was supposed to do since I was in the ninth grade. Mm. And I think for a couple of two or two and a half years, I just went on energy and enthusiasm, <laughs> but somewhere two or two and a half years out, I, um, I hit a wall yeah. and it, it just felt uh, real empty inside that that's what led me to explore um, the solitude time that Jesus was regularly spending with the Father, and and I wanted to learn to spend with Him. Hmm. So it did begin with exploring solitude. That's what led me then to the other part of the lonely places that Jesus might have sought out. And that was sounds like it was over the course of several years. Then, if if your sabbatical wasn't until fifteen years in, you'd been practicing these shorter periods of solitude for a while before that happened. Is that right? For a good good six or eight years, what developed that helped me to deal with the emptiness was Mm. I would seek five one-hour mornings. I'm a morning guy. Mm. I would seek five one-hour mornings. And then once a quarter, I would go off for 48 hours to just find solitude with Jesus. All of those things and spending more time with Jesus in the Gospels Led, led me to go to the desert, to the wilderness, um, a, a place to be very alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I love I love that it's got a spirit of uh, kind of exploration. We're going to try this and see what happens next. And if that worked, we're going to do a little bit more. I love that it's patterned off of, of Jesus and, and his patterns, too. Uh, that's really exciting. And now I'm anxious to hear. I've heard some of the story before, but but take me to Big Ben now. You're you're going to spend how long? Not just 48. How how long were you planning on being gone on this remote K bar side in Big Ben? <laughs> uh, a week. A whole week. A whole week. Like with you and your family in the camper. Like me in my van, <laughs> two and a half miles out in the middle of the desert. Holy cow! And, and what's that desert like? Was it any, at all like the Holy Land wilderness desert area? Yes. N- nothing but sand and rocks and some creosote bushes. And, um, and I, it, it, was the, it was the scariest thing that I've ever thought about doing. Huh. And about, about two hours southwest of Fort Worth, I, uh, I so wanted to turn around and go back. Hmm. I, I told too many people that I was going. <laughs> Accountability could be a good thing. Yeah, that's right. 
And even once I got into the desert, I wanted to start the van up and I, I wanted to go back to a hotel, which nobody but Jesus and me would have known. Yeah, yeah. But then I'd have lost everything that I, that I went for. And, and it was almost a sensory deprivation kind of experience. Uh, there was a couple of days in before I realized, apart from the wind, I didn't hear a sound that I didn't make. Wow. There were no jets. There were no nothing. At night, there was not one other source of light other than what I had right there in my van. Yeah. About the third day, a, a bird flew by, <laughs> and I realized that's the only other source of life that I had seen. Wow. I, I've never experienced anything like it. And Jesus, especially the 40 days when the Spirit let him out, um, I, I didn't experience, I didn't experience Satan as a person, as mm -hmm. a presence, mm -hmm. but especially the first night, uh, January days are short nights are long. Mm. And, um, so, I mean, it's five thirty, six o'clock and, and it's dark <laughs> and normally I would have a fire when I go off and do my 48s. I'd have a fire at night, which a fire says warmth, and, and it says protection somehow. Hmm. But they wouldn't let me have a fire in the desert. I don't know what they thought was going to burn out there, but they wouldn't let me have a fire. So now I'm stuck in my van, and I'm, I'm trying to meditate on Scripture and, and read my Bailey prayers. Um, but all I got is a flashlight. I've got a lantern, but I'm afraid if I light the lantern, I got to open the windows yeah. and it is cold. Huh. It's cold in January. So I decided, okay, maybe I just try and go to sleep. And I, uh, I, I dealt with more fear that night than I think I ever have in my life. And I, I, I went to my Bible that I use for meditating on, on scripture. And I went to all my favorite passages thinking that's where I would find some, some calm, some peace, some sense of the presence of Jesus. But, um, but, but I didn't find it there. And then I went to my Bailey's Diary of Private Prayer, those prayers that I've been using for six or eight years already, and I didn't find it there. And then I went to, then I went to my hymnal. Uh, back in those days, the hymnal was Lutheran worship. <laughs> And I went to the, I went to the section on uh, evening hymns. Hmm. The first is, "All praise to Thee, my God, this night for all the blessings of the light. Keep me, O oh, keep me, King of Kings, beneath Thine own Almighty wing." Um, verse five: When in the night I sleepless lie, my soul with heavenly thoughts supply. Let no ill dreams disturb my rest. No powers of darkness me molest. And I found the peace in the presence of Jesus as I sang out loud the hymns of the church. Mm -hmm. The next one was, now rest beneath night's shadow. Mm -hmm. And I must confess, I had to skip ahead because I, I couldn't wait to get to abide with me. Yeah. Fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. Mm. 
I, um, I found the peace and the presence of Jesus to deal with the fear in singing the hymns of the church. The, the hymns that I'd known and loved since I was a, a little tyke, but baptized at less than a month old. And I, I grew up singing those things all, all my life. And that's where the wealth came from that I so needed. So what do you think was going on with that fear? You mentioned it a couple times. You, were a, you almost turned the car around. You, you almost went to a hotel once you got there. The, that, the night became uh, an experience of fear. What, what do you think was going on in your heart at that point? Um, part of it was um, Myers-Briggs. Some of us are introverts and some of us are extroverts. And I'm, I'm way off the extrovert end of things. And being this kind of alone with nobody around for a week uh, was, was part of it. Yeah. But the other, the other part of it was, um, was darkness. Darkness made the aloneness hmm. even, even more uh, real. Hmm. Um, and I, I knew all, I knew all the words and promises of Jesus but quite frankly, taking them to heart in that moment sent me to the hymns. Mm. And it also, from that moment on, part of my daily devotional pattern starts with singing a hymn. Hmm. Usually a hymn that is appropriate for the season, but it, but again, it begins with singing the hymns of the church. Um, so much of my faith has been formed by by those hymns, and I I think you may have been the one that told me that singing accesses both sides of the brain. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it so it has a, a tendency to touch us at a at a much deeper level. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think we don't experience darkness in our culture very often or very completely. You almost have to drive somewhere like I don't know Big Bend National Park to to really truly experience darkness and. Uh, you read the Bible and you can tell these are people that have been out in the dark and alone and know what it's like to be uh, completely dependent on the presence of God. I, I love how you went to the hymns and how scripture, the promises of scripture became real then also as you sang. And I'm I'm kind of wondering a whole week. Well, what did you do for a week, Walt? Um, the, the patterns that I had developed, a meaningful time with Jesus, uh, in the 48s, sort of extended from there. Okay. I, <clears throat> so my, my morning ritual is with a hymn. The next morning, I, I rose. I had a good night's sleep after singing that mm -hmm. night. Mm -hmm. um, I rose that morning, uh, turned to the, the morning hymns. <laughs> and as, as the sun was rising in the east, I, I started singing the hymns uh, in the morning section. Mm. Um, fr from there, it's my pattern to go to my journal. It just keeps me sensitive to. Um, Bailey has a, a way of leading me to pray, think in my thoughts. Mm. And, and so journaling helps me to stay sensitive, uh, to, to find and discern what it is that Jesus may be doing in, in my thoughts. Then, then I go to, uh, in the pattern of Bonhoeffer's meditating on the word, mm -hmm. 10 to 12 verses, live with it all week long. 
I'd spend my time meditating on scripture. Then I'd, I'd go to John Bailey's prayer, either the morning one or the evening one in the evening, mm-hmm. and, and then pray for the, the people. I, I usually also always will take with me books that encourage me to grow in my own spiritual journey. Um, whether that's Eugene Peterson often does it for me. Robert Mulholland, mm-hmm. Invitation to a Journey, a Roadmap for Spiritual Formation, mm-hmm. uh, or, or Richard Foster. Um, of course, Nowen was one of the early ones that I found who, who was so very helpful. Um, so I, I will spend time reading those things that will encourage spiritual growth in me in a very personal way. And then usually in the middle of the day, although... <laughs> I must confess it was the third day before before I had the courage enough to venture away from the van mm. and and actually walk about 40 to 45 minutes straight out in, into the desert. Um so but but I would then I'd take a long walk in the middle of the day. I needed to do something more active, and then then I would come back and again be there near near my van and continue either with the devotional disciplines or with reading of Mulholland, Nowen, mm-hmm. Foster, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and every day, every day got uh, richer and deeper and, and more meaningful. Hmm. And, and even the nights when I got to the second night, I, I wasn't nearly as apprehensive hmm. because I, I knew Jesus had already armed me Mm-hmm. hymns and so that's the way i i closed my night again by singing the hymns of the church and the second night there was a stark contrast mm-hmm. the first night was very very overcast and dark the second night was clear mm-hmm. it it was that uh, we were starting we just lost the full moon and now we're starting a, a new moon phase so there's there's no moon at all hardly and the night the the depth and the darkness and the Milky Way splashed wow. across that night sky was an inspiration. Yeah, it became an inspiration at that point. So, as I continued through that week, um, it, it it just was a Jesus was taking me deeper and deeper and deeper. And the book by Mulholland that I mentioned, I love his definition of spirituality and it's one that i have hung on to and and continue to ponder mulholland says it's the process of being conformed to the image of christ for the sake of others it's as clear and concise a definition of spirituality or discipleship the process of being conformed to the image of christ for the sake of others and and every time I meet with Jesus in solitude, um, quite frankly, about six years ago, I, I did another one. This one was in August. Hmm. And <laughs> I would have loved to go back to Big Ben, but I think in August in Big Ben, the temperature at K-Bar is about 114. <laughs> so I, I Googled what is the coolest place in Texas in August. <laughs> and it sounds like the answer is forget about yeah. it. <laughs> but 
It came back Alpine, Texas. I went 20 miles up the road from Alpine to Fort Davis. Fort Davis is the only mile high city in the Mm. state of Texas. I stayed in a screen shelter and every night I covered up with a sheet. Mm. And that time I, I went for at least a week. I scheduled at least a week or as much as two weeks if I needed. I didn't know how long I was going to need. Um, I'd, I'd had a peculiar sort of ending to about 38 years of ministry. And I, I went out there because I thought perhaps uh, Jesus may have some emotionality he wanted me to deal with. Hmm. Um, it, it ended up, it was nine days in that stay. And, and Jesus, Jesus absolutely showed up, took me, took me deeper in relationship with him than, than I've ever been before. It, it continues to be my daily prayer. Take, take me deeper, Jesus, in relationship with you so that I might be a creative and redemptive influence on those around me. And mm-hmm. I think, no, I will continue to pray that prayer mm-hmm. until I get to see Jesus face to face. Amen. <laughs> yeah, that's thanks. Well, I, so much I love about that. And of course, that definition of discipleship is the process of being conformed to the image of Christ for the sake of others. It rolls off my tongue because I got it from you and I use it all the time too. Uh, and you know, from Will Holland also. But uh and, and the wonderful thing about that process is it's neither simple nor quick, and it's ongoing. So you can uh, you can still be praying that prayer, come mold me and shape me and, and fill me and use me, and it's still a valid prayer today. I, I, love, I love how you spent time and, and allowed for time. I think that's another thing in our culture we have difficulty with. Like if, if I can't get my spirituality fix in, 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 you know, seven minutes or less, then it probably doesn't fit somewhere in my schedule. And by doing something like taking a whole eight hour day or a 24 hour period or shoot a week in Big Ben, that, that almost sounds, uh, like, like almost super Christian or, or monk like, or, or like I could never do that's Walt Weiser. He's wonderful. He's like a, a, a 92.7 on the Jesus scale. And I'm way down here on a 0.6. Uh, I could never imagine taking a whole week. So so I guess I I wonder, I, I love so much about what you're saying. What would you just say to someone who feels that same kind of longing that you felt? There's got to be more, and I'm feeling kind of empty, and I want to be like Jesus, and I want to be in the Word. Uh, what would you say to them as they're looking at trying to experiment with some kind of solitude or some kind of Bible study or some kind of prayer? When you're just starting out, what what advice would you give? I am curious, you would ask, uh, about a month ago, a pastor called and said, um, I, I want to, I want to do a retreat. I want to, I want to go, I want to go off alone for, for 48 hours. And, um, it's a, it's a younger pastor that I've known for over 20 years. And he said, you know, shoot, I think I need to call Walt and talk to him. And, um, so he would say, what did you do with this? What did you do with that? How did you do And, and he said, what did you eat? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I said, whenever, whenever I go off on either my 48s or for a longer period of time, I, I don't fast, but I do a simple kind of diet. I, I take fruit, several kinds of fruit, 
uh, I take crackers and cheese and I take water. And he sort of went, Ooh, <laughs> and I, I said, no, no, listen, I said, uh, th that's what I've been led to do. I, I don't know what you're going to be led to do and, and don't do it because you heard Walt Weiser does it. Cause that's not what's important. Yeah. This is what Walt Weiser has been led to um, by, by the spirit of Jesus. You, you, you need to go and, and experience wherever the spirit of Jesus may lead you. I, I'll be glad to share with you what my, my practices are. And, and I always say to people also, when, when I started this thing, I, I began by saying 20, 30 minutes ago, I didn't have a clue mm -hmm. how to spend meaningful time with Jesus. So for me, it didn't start with eight hour days. It, it started more with 30 minutes. And, and primarily it was, I wanted to learn how to meditate on the word and Dietrich Bonhoeffer and that book, his pattern of meditating don't take a different passage every day. Use the same 10, 12, 14 verses. Live with that same text every day all week because we're not equally as receptive. And, and then prayer that grew out of that meditating mm -hmm. on the word. Mm -hmm. and, and for me, John Bailey's Diary of Private Prayer, I, I, I don't know how many of those that I have shared with people. Um, that's the place I began in my personal prayer list is stuck inside there. So it, it begins, it, it starts with 30 minutes for, for meditating on the word and prayer. And, and then a, a friend of mine, a guy that used to work for Honda Motor Company, I mean, he's a lay man. And he said, I, I left one of the retreats you led and decided I, I was, I was going to do 20 minutes every day. And he said, it didn't work. I, I couldn't keep myself to 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I, I had to go quickly to 30 minutes and 30 minutes went to 45 minutes, especially when I was on the road. Hmm. Um, so you start, you start where you can, and maybe that's only 15 or 20, or maybe it goes to 30 minutes. Mine, the pattern grew to five, one hour mornings and 48 hours. I, I say to people, don't start with 48 hours. Yeah. Ch take, Start with thirty minutes. Go go to an hour. When that when that time is deep and meaningful, then then see where the spirit of Jesus mm -hmm. wants wants to lead you. Want, wants to take you, and wh wherever he leads, that that's where you go. Sometimes I'm concerned too <laughs> that uh, I, I'm I'll be glad to tell you the resources, the patterns, and the practices that I've discovered that Jesus has led me to, but. I still always say, I, I cannot predict these are the things that are going to be meaningful to you. John Bailey's Diary of Prayer, so many people have found that meaningful. But I always say, some of you are going to look at me and say, what is the deal about John Bailey? I don't yeah. get it. Yeah, That's okay, too. Look, look till you find what's going to help you to develop a meaningful pattern and rhythm of spending solitude time with Jesus. Thanks, Walt. That's so encouraging. Start small, uh, run a small experiment, find meaningful time with Jesus, let it grow from there, uh, f experiment with patterns, find something that works, add to it. Uh, you didn't start with a, a kind of a recipe already worked up. You kept adding things that worked for you and held on to those things, let other things go, and let the Spirit work. Uh, that's 
What a wonderful paradigm. What a wonderful invitation. Don't try to do it all at once. Start small. Run an experiment. See what Jesus does. So what do you think, Walt? Do you, would you say uh, the Holy Spirit drove you into the wilderness just like he did to Jesus? Yes. And, and because of that Mulholland book that I mentioned earlier, um, Mul- Mulholland takes the Myers-Briggs scale and he'll say, for instance, if you're an introvert, here are some of the practices that you uh, will discover will come more naturally for you. Mm. If you're an extrovert, here's some of the practices you'll find that will come more naturally for you. I'm an extrovert. And so that stuff all came naturally. The introversion stuff, the going off for solitude and all that scared me. Mm. It wasn't until it wasn't until I read invitation to a journey roadmap for spiritual formation that I began to understand why I kept feeling led and called toward the desert, which, which happened to be Big Ben. Um, Mulholland says, if you want to let Jesus take you toward wholeness in Christ, then, then you have to go over and experience your shadow side, which explained to me why here's the stuff that came naturally for an extrovert. But if I was going to grow toward wholeness in Christ, I had to let him take me to a place of solitude, a place where I, I would be absolutely all alone. And I, I would absolutely say Jesus took me to that place. The, the, other, the other reason I would say he led me, this is a Eugene Peterson. The first book of his that I ever read was The Contemplative Pastor. I don't know mm. that it was his first book, but it was the first of his that I read. And he's got a a quote in here I have long held on to. Uh, Peterson says, the assumption of spirituality is that Jesus is always doing something before I know about it. Mm -hmm. So the task is not to get him to do something that I think needs to be done, but to become aware of what Jesus is already doing so that I can respond to it and participate and take delight in it. So that led me to a point as I prayed not to figure out what I wanted and ask him to bless it, but instead to say, Jesus, give me, give me wisdom and discernment. Open my eyes and my ears. I need to begin to notice and discern the ways that you're already showing up so that I can respond and participate and take delight in it. That is the kind of attitude and thinking that, um, that Peterson planted in my mind, in my heart, that led me to be more sensitive to where Jesus wanted to take me. And absolutely, I would say, he, he led me to the, he led me off to explore solitude. And then, and then from eights to 24s to 48s, and, and then out to the desert. Hmm. Well, I so appreciate your heart. I so appreciate uh, your commitment to figuring out what Jesus is doing, even before I know about it. And, and that invitation to participate and uh, take delight in what he's doing. Thank you for taking time today, my friend. Absolutely. Glad we could have the conversation. I'd like to close us with prayer then. This is just the prayer on page 37, but I think it, it will serve to conclude our conversation today. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, faithful companion of pilgrims, join me to Jesus on his journey into the wilderness. 
Equip and prepare me to meet the challenge of trial and temptation. Holy Spirit, creative wind, make the garden of my testing a time for me to grow in word and prayer. Holy Spirit, rain from heaven. Do not let me be tempted beyond what I can bear, but refresh me and restore me. Join me to Jesus and his triumph over the tempter and lead me to the paradise of restored relationship with God. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. Thank you, friend. That was Walt Weiser, Pastor Emeritus at Lamb of God Lutheran Church in Flower Mound, Texas. I'll make sure to link to the books he mentioned, Meditating on the Word by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, John Bailey's Diary of Private Prayer, and then Robert Mulholland's Invitation to a Journey. I'll also see if I can scrounge up a couple of pictures of Big Bend and the desert wilderness there that he spent a whole week in. And I'll also make sure I link to our Facebook group for Come Holy Spirit and the Come Holy Spirit book as well. Thanks for spending time with us today. I so appreciate your participation in this podcast. If you'd like to help other people take a next step, please consider becoming a Next Step patron. Your regular monthly pledge helps make podcasts like this possible. You'll see more information in the description of this podcast. Well, until next time, look for some small experiment you can run to find meaningful time with Jesus in his word. Set a time even just 10 or 15 or 20 minutes of solitude and meditation and look for resources that point you in the right direction. Thanks for joining us today and we'll see you next time at Next Step Press.